another episode of The Adventure Begins. My name is Marie. I'm your host. And I've got my co-host with me, Ruthie. Hey. <laughs> I don't like that. Hey, that was so dry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> Hi. Okay, that sounds much better. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So today we are on part two of Beware of the Prayers That You Pray. So today we're going to delve in a little deeper from our first episode where we talked about the dangerous prayers that we pray you know, the effects of those prayers. We tend to have this attitude of, yes, Lord, pick me. I want to do it. Me, me, me. But do we really understand what those prayers mean? Do we really understand what's going to happen after we say, pick me? Let me be the one. So today we want to touch on spiritual warfare. (laughs) So spiritual warfare is touched on in Ephesians 6, where Paul talks about armoring up and how we do not war against flesh and blood. We're dealing with different principalities. And here's the thing about it. When we say yes, We're saying yes to God and we're putting the devil, you know, giving him a warning, letting him know I'm coming for you. And that strikes fear in the heart of the enemy because his uh, agenda is to get everybody he can to go down to hell with him and to keep them out of getting into the purpose that the Lord has for us. And when we say yes and be willing servants, we are putting that target on our backs and say, all right, you know what? I'm ready for this. Whatever you can, you coming at me saying, I'm ready. But are we really? Because I had a friend who just rededicated their lives back to Christ. And they were so gung-ho, like, yes, me, I'm ready for it. And I'm like, are you really ready for it? Because this is not a joke. Because the enemy will throw everything he has in his arsenal. And they're like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm like, all right, SpongeBob, simmer down, simmer down. (laughs) (laughs) I know for me, when I said yes, when I was like, Lord, pick me. Yeah, the Lord picked me and the enemy came at me. I had to deal with anxiety. I had to deal with depression. I had to deal with these dreams. I don't even want to call them necessarily nightmares because they really weren't necessarily scary per se, but it invoked anxiety in me. And this was an ongoing thing. And it was this was going on for weeks where I would wake up with heart palpitations and I couldn't breathe. And I had this heaviness on me where I literally just got up, dropped the kids off to school and I went to bed. Like I just had no energy, nothing. But I knew it was an attack because I was fasting at the time. I was just really like, Lord, uh, whatever you want me to do, I will do. (laughs) The enemy was like, oh yeah, all right. I'm coming for you. Thank God I had Ruthie, who I was just like, listen, um, I'm going through this and I need you to back me up. And she did when she could. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just put I mean, me you're, up there. 
Listen, listen. You're your mommy too. You had your responsibility. So when I was calling, you weren't, you know, always readily available. But I do know that you were praying for me. Yes. So it's always good when you say yes, that you do have somebody to back you up. And you do have a mature Christian that's going to keep you covered in in prayer. And they're going to cover every hole per se, every access that the enemy might try to get in to really attack you. So when we enter into spiritual warfare, for one, we must be really in our word. We must know the word to combat whatever it is that the enemy is coming at you. And also, too, you need that person with you to cover you. You need that, Jonathan. You need... You need that tabby. You need that accountability partner. You definitely need that because it is real. You can't be out by yourself, you know, fighting in, in, in spiritual warfare and you're alone. You're basically that lone sheep that does not have the shepherd, the flock, to cover you. And you're left out to the wolves. The enemy will devour you, especially, you know, depending on where you are in your walk. The enemy will devour you. And it's not a game. It's not something that we should take lightly because some people, I've come across some people who think that spiritual warfare is just a myth. It's just fairy tale. And it's really not. It's really not. There are things happening in the spirit that if you're not a seer, you don't see what's going on, but it will manifest in the physical. It can be to the point where the enemy, like Ruthie had spoken, where the enemy literally lifted her up. You can see things happening in the physical because there's things going on in the supernatural. So what has your experience been with spiritual warfare, Ruthie? Oh, yeah. I feel like at this point, I am a professional on spiritual warfare because I've endured it for so long and I had firsthand experience with it. And this was before I really knew God. It was it was frightening. It was really frightening. So if you're not a believer, but you are experiencing things from the demonic things that to you feels like it's from a horror movie you just feel like you're losing your mind this is what is called spiritual warfare and you might say well i don't believe in the devil but the devil believes in you he is very real and the world of the spirit is very real So when I used to have spiritual warfares, the only way I knew what was real and what was dream, anytime I was in an actual physical battle with a spiritual entity that was not of God, everything within my space would all look the same when the spiritual entity entered. And that's how I I was in the spirit realm. In a dream, everything looks familiar. You know some things are yours, but for the most part, it just looks different. So you know you're dreaming that this is not your place or it is, but things are just not where they're supposed to be. So that's how I would know I was dreaming versus when I was actually in the spirit realm and it's really happening. So earlier, Marie made a comment about spiritual warfare and telling the devil you're coming for them. The key word is not to use I'm coming for you. The key word is to say my God is coming. Because anytime you start using the word I in spiritual warfare, you already have a problem. You're already setting yourself up for failure because there is no I in spiritual warfare. There is my God. You know that song? 
my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Okay. We are fighting war with God. We are one body. The minute we decide we're going to leave that body and become our own rogue warrior, you have no backup. That's when you become that sheep. Correct. Now you are in wolves territory by yourself. And I've been there and I'm, I'm talking from experience. I, one point when I did finally transition, I knew the Lord, but I was still under a lot of attack more than ever. I became cocky and prideful. Like I was like, oh yeah, devil. Yeah. What now? You think that you the man? Well, (laughs) (laughs) listen, folks, this is not how this works. Okay. And when that happens, remember God cannot stand sin and he cannot be near sin. So once you start with that, you are now inviting sin into your life and you are making your way away from God and closer to being alone. So this now gives full access for the enemies to really mess with you. So you don't want to do that. So when I was down there talking about some, yeah, what now? You think you were big and bad, but look at you now. I pretty much put myself out there and then the devil really attacked. And I mean, at this point, I was like so confused because I was like, what in the world? I thought this was supposed to work. I thought like I had power and I didn't. The power was gone. I remember clearly the enemy laughing at me and going, wow, look at you now, huh? <laughs> and I was like, mm. uh, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus, any day now. <laughs> it did not happen. So in that matter, you just have to be careful when you are starting to say I, because it is not I, it is not by your will or by your power or by your strength, but it is by the Lord's spirit. Without the Lord's spirit, you cannot do nothing. And it's the same thing with if you're not connected to the source, you are nothing. So you cannot bear fruit. You have no power. You have nothing. Remember that you want to enter spiritual warfare, being connected to the source and being ready to hear what the Lord is saying and how the Lord is going to lead you. I'm giving a testimony here of being in warfare. Now, warfare manifests uh, in, in the physical realm for me. Like I was saying, I was being physically hurt. Okay. And, and Fred was seeing things in the physical that he could not understand himself. I remember a night I heard a noise. And when I got up, I saw that the hallway light, which originally we leave on because at this time I had my daughter, we had her sleeping across the hall from us. Actually, I had both of my kids at this point. Talia might've been about eight and Naomi was about maybe five. I noticed the first thing was the light was off in the hallway. And so I thought to myself, that's interesting because I know that I had the light on. I was about to get up when I saw these pairs of icy blue eyes. I've never seen any color blue the way that I saw in the hallway. Mm. And automatically I just froze. I was like, what is that? And before I knew it, this thing was on top of me. Wow. I'm laying in the bed next to my husband. And with these icy blue eyes, I noticed it's like a dog. It's a fleshless dog, no skin, no fur, utterly disturbing. And it is trying to rip my heart out of my chest. 
I'm thrashing. I'm trying to reach Fred to wake him up to help me, but he is in deep sleep. So I'm now trying to call in the name of the Lord. I open my mouth and before I know it, it smacks my mouth and this thing, this almost like this seal comes over my lips. It just sealed my lips shut or it glued my lips shut. I'm not really sure, but I just knew that I couldn't open my mouth. I'm now in panic. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I can't say the name of the Lord, how am I going to escape this? So I just start thinking in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. And by the third time I said it, it jumped off of me and back into the hallway. And I went to try to chase it down. I watched it run down my stairs and I heard the spirit said, do not follow it. And this is real folks. Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you, this is not me dreaming. This is me in the physical realm in our earth okay i'm fully awake so i go to the hall like i said and i hear the spirit said do not follow it so i just stayed at the stairs and i started praying and then finally i felt a peace overcome me and i got back in bed and when i got back in bed i was in bed for the next three days my chest was throbbing so bad it felt that my heart did get ripped out. Like I could not catch my breath properly. It hurt to breathe. After three days, I said to Fred, you have to take me to the emergency room. Something is very wrong, which Fred always takes me because I never, ever actually go to the doctor. I hate doctors. I know the Lord created doctors, but I'm not comfortable going to the doctors. I don't like hospitals. It makes me feel like I'm surrounded by death. I just steer clear. So I will not ever go. I will always try to figure things out on my own or I will just take a little bit of some medicine. So when a Fred heard me say, I have to go to the doctor, you have to take me. He was instantly like, whoa, okay. And by this point, I had already told Fred like what I'd seen, but he in his head, he's going, okay, but that was a dream. And I said, Fred, it was not a dream. It was so real. Just like I'm looking at you and talking to you. This is how I saw this thing. So he takes me to the hospital. They start running tests and the guy is asking me questions. Were you sick? No. Did you have a cold? No. Okay. Have you been swimming? No, I don't swim. Okay. And I'm, and I can tell like something is wrong. He's asking these questions because he's got this very concerned look on his face. And I see him pull Fred over to the side. What is going on? Just tell it to me. So he says, okay, I'm going to be straight with you. If you had not come in today, you very well could have died. If you're telling me that you have not been sick, that you have not been swimming, but yet you have fluid in your lungs like pneumonia and Fred's like wow that's crazy yes it is crazy to them but I know exactly what it is to me I know it's nothing to do with illness I know it is everything to do with this creature that attacked me so he says okay we're gonna start giving some medicine to you so they start giving me medicine through IV after a few hours, they discharged me to go home. I wish I could say that's where it ended and I felt great, but it wasn't. When I got home, I had to fight for my life. Whatever they gave me, because I'm not used to medicine, my body is not used to getting medicine other than Advil, Tylenol, whatever heavy dose medicine that they gave to help with the fluid in my chest, now messing with my body system. My body is shutting down and I've already checked out of the hospital, but what I said next was, Fred, I want you to gather you and the kids 
surround me and pray over me. We are not going to fight this thing with medicine. We're going to fight it with prayer. Pretty sure at this point, Fred could have objected. I'm pretty sure he could have been like, uh, yeah, no, you need medicine or we can take you back to the hospital. But I think the Lord maybe had already moved his heart. And based on what I had already told him, he was like, okay. And that's what he did. Literally for the next three days, I stayed in bed fighting this thing. I had not eaten or drunk for 48 hours. Fred would not let me sleep because he was afraid that if I closed my eyes, I would slip into a coma. He would let me sleep for a few minutes and then he'd wake me up and then try to get me to stay awake, talking to me, like singing to me. And I just kept saying, keep praying, keep praying. Don't stop praying. After three days, I finally recovered. So we talk about spiritual warfare. It's so easy for anybody to think, okay, that's, you know, that's like stuff that they talked about in the Bible. That's things that the church does or the pastor talks about, but it's not really real. Well, truthfully, folks, it's like a smokescreen. This world and then the spirit realm behind it. But the smokescreen is this world. You only see what's happening in this world. So when the screen comes down and the entities travel, people can't make sense of it. They're like, no, no, no. This is like stuff that you see in movies. There's no way this could happen. But this is the world that we really live in. And this earth is just a smokescreen. When we're talking about spiritual warfare and we're talking about it's so important that you are invested in your word, that you are attached to the vine, that you are hanging real close with God, that you're at his feet, you're reaping from him and gleaning from his fields. If you do not have this, you are going to get devoured. It's very important that you build a prayer life, that your prayer life is not made up of just five or 10 minutes for the whole 30 days. It is you are praying without ceasing. And that can look different for many people, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when 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 I hear praying without ceasing, it's like all day, all night. And right. you never leave, you know, the foot of your bed because you're always praying. But that's not it. Give God an hour. Give him 30 minutes of your time when you wake up. Throughout the day, you're talking to him. You watch something on the news that's disturbing. You bring it to him. So Something's going on with your children. You're bringing that to him. Some thought came across your mind and you're talking to him. Praying is just talking to God, just like you would talk to your friends, your family members. That's what prayer is. And I think because we have this image of prayer being this, you know, mundane, tedious thing, like the monks always at the monastery. That's not what prayer is. And I think once we debunk that myth that Mm -hmm. prayer is, is this boring thing, then I think that's when people's prayer lives will change. Because I, for one, struggled with praying. And once I got the understanding, okay, it's just talking to God, just like I'm talking to you now, you know, just like I talk to anybody that's in front of me, that's what prayer is. Even your thoughts, you wouldn't believe because he knows our thoughts. He knows what's in our hearts. That can be that silent prayer. And he answers that prayer. But you have to also remember too, there's there's the the whole thing with 
you have to be pure mind and pure heart. Right. And also, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Marie, but I also want to make it clear that we're not saying to talk, 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 talk and not give room to listen. You definitely have to give room to listen because it's a conversation at the end of the day. There's some people I've come across, well, God doesn't speak. Yes, he does. Um, Have you dreamt lately? Yeah, I had this dream and I went, um, that's the Lord speaking to you. You know, uh, somebody said something to me. Oh, interesting. Tell me more. Oh, that might have been God talking to you. Because I remember when I was moving and I remember I was just sweeping up um, the, the room ready to give back the keys to the landlord. And I remember the Lord telling me, just as you're cleaning this room and emptying out this room, it's the same way I want you to empty out your heart so I can fill it. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> mind blown. And he uses the simplest of things too yes. to get your attention. And it doesn't have to be this big dramatic scene, right. you know, where the Lord comes in, you know, riding on horses and chariots. No, it's right. the simplest thing. And, and he will all- speak to your understanding. Yes, because when you first come into the Lord, you're a babe. He doesn't expect you to automatically pick things up right away, but he will speak to you in a language that you'll understand and you'll get. It could be video games. Mm-hmm. You Maybe you like to play video games and then, you know, you could be playing it for years and never got a revelation. And then all of a sudden he's speaking to you through the video games like, wait, whoa, what, what's happening here? What's going on? You know, you could be sitting down having dinner and he could be like, just like this chicken is filling your belly up. My word is going to fill your belly up too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's not pigeonhole God when it comes down to prayer, because it is a two way conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up also is when you are in this, no man is an island, right? Yeah. When you're in this, you definitely need to link up and get into community. Absolutely. You can't do this walk by yourself. You especially cannot do warfare by yourself. That's a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. So for those those people who think that, yeah, I'm saved, but I don't need to go to church because, you know, I am the church. Yeah, mm. but Hebrews talks about not forsaking, you know, uh, coming together. And, so, and mm-hmm. Marie, you're just one part of the body. Exactly. You're not the entire body. And you don't have all the pieces. Right. You don't. Because there have been times where I've had a, a dream and I don't want to put too much focus on dreams, but just to show you, I've had a dream. And then somebody else will have had another dream to confirm my dream, but they've got a different piece, a different puzzle. Mm-hmm. Or how about when you're in prayer and the Lord is speaking and he'll give you your sister one thing to say and then your brother will add on to that piece because like it says jesus is the head and we are the different parts of the body we don't all have it together i think it's foolish to think that yeah i don't need to get get into a church because at the end of the day i've got me i've got jesus i've got god i got the holy spirit we're good no um no been there doing that that. (laughs) doesn't work sorry well for me, I did it out of rebellion. That was part of a church hurt. Right. So I did it out of rebellion. So and we'll that, cover, that's we'll a, cover a, a series on that. Yeah. 
that's a whole nother topic right, yes, in and of itself. But once I got into the bot and really started getting into relationship with other believers, it made it so much easier because then I could call somebody up. Hey, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. And usually the person that the Lord will place on my heart to speak to, they've gone through it or they're going through it. And we can walk hand in hand and do this work together because now I've got a support system that will not only support me, but keep me accountable right. for what's happening. What have you done? Have you done something to invoke this? Are you, are you, you know, in your scripture? Are you in your word? What kind of revelation did you get? What is the Lord speaking to you today? So it's always great to be in partnership with someone, A, who's been there, done that, who has learned and matured from it, or B, who's also going through it, but has another piece of the puzzle to help you to get through it. That's true. And if you're struggling with, well, I don't know where to go, or I'm not really sure. There are so many churches. Pray about it. Talk yeah. to God. He'll yeah. let you know. Yeah, he definitely will. And not just praying about it and just sitting there. You right. got to do the like, work too. Exactly. You know? Ask for the spirit of discernment. Absolutely. So that way you know if this is a place that is beneficial, if this is a place that's really worshiping God, because some churches up front, they look that way. But then once you get in, they've got their own agenda. And that's not mm-hmm. what we're about. I've been yeah. to one of those churches. Well, I could say for me, in, in my experience with uh, looking for a church home, um, I had done the mega churches already. And I do not like mega churches. <laughs> that's just my personal <laughs> nothing, preference. Nothing against I was going to say nothing against them. Nothing against them. Um, so I know for me, when I was looking for a, a church body to fellowship with, I prayed on it and I was like, Lord, this is what I want. And this is where specific prayer comes in specific. because I'm I sorry, said, we'll that. <laughs> girl, kind of a Marie. stop it. Specific, stop it. not the Pacific <laughs> I, folks. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I, I didn't think you caught that because I was really trying to move past it. <laughs> but specific prayer points where I said, God. I want a church that's going to teach me your word. I want a church that's going to love on me. I want a church that is not about the politics, the religion or any of that. And I don't want a Haitian church. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about specifics, right? Yeah. He gave me all three, but one. And that was the Haitian church. And we're going to, we, we, we going to talk about that in another episode. Yes, we will. But yes. But, uh, just to show you that when you're praying about it and you're doing your part, the Lord will lead you. And he led me to a body of believers that, you know, this church was teaching me about the Bible, wasn't giving me any fillers and it helped me to grow so much. And not only that too, you know, we're in a day and age of YouTube mm-hmm. where, you can also glean from another body who's gotten revelation from scripture that you may not have known about or had a clear understanding because the Lord gave them that word. So you can grow not just within your church body, but with other body of believers as well. That's so true. Church that I'm attending right now, actually a client had referred me to this church. And normally I would not go because it's kind of awkward and weird. Conflict of interest is what it's called. Kept turning it down, but she had invited me to something called Prophecy Night. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never heard of that before or heard about a church doing something like that. So 
I went to go check it out and was very pleased and then thought, okay, Lord, this, this church is legit and I am looking for somewhere to go, but I don't know. This is a conflict of interest with this client. What do you think? You tell me. And sure enough, the Lord sent me this epic dream where he was residing at this church and the church was on fire. That to me, that was the green light because in in the dream, I personally was nervous about the church. I didn't want to go to this church if it wasn't where God was leading me. But when I saw the fire, I was like, oh my gosh, the, the church is on fire. I was asking this, these people, like, do you see that? Your church is on fire. Is everything okay? And they're like, oh yeah, no, it's good. We're good. <laughs> so that's when I realized like, okay, the church being on fire is not that it was actually on fire, but it was the fire of the Holy Spirit. God was residing at this church and he was giving me the green light to come. So that's when I started attending the church and I've been there ever since. And it is amazing. The things that they have taught me I have not gotten from any other church it's it was so out of the norm that I almost kind of questioned like is this God (laughs) like is what they're teaching me is that godly and yeah they had scripture to back it up they would say like where they found it who was teaching it I mean they are very transparent people in fact they've got this rule about when you come to church you are not allowed to use the f word which kind of for a second there made me very nervous. I was like, why are we using the F word at church? <laughs> but it turns out you cannot say that you're fine. The F word was fine. If somebody asks you how you're doing today, you are not allowed to use the word fine. You have to be transparent and real and really state how you're feeling. And that that's impressive. So I really, yes, unheard very of. much unheard of. So I have absolutely enjoyed this church. Let's touch on the sacrifices and that's going to be That's going to be on our next episode because you know what time it is. Ooh, <laughs> the highs and the lows. Yay! <laughs> All right. So what was your high this week, Marie? My high this week. You know what? I think because the days have been blurred. <laughs> I'm not completely, no, seriously, like my days have been so blurred. If I don't look at the calendar to say, hey, oh, it's so-and-so day. Oh, okay, that's right. I want to say that my high this week, and I I guess I want to speak on uh, maybe today, touching on today as well. It's just the fact that I'm getting to spend time with my kids during quarantine. Yeah, like last night we baked the cake. And one thing I am learning about myself is that, and I, and I, and I confided in Ruthie, is that I'm not yelling at them Yay! as much. I Yes, that's a victory in and of itself because you parents may, can feel my pain where it's like, okay, I, I've spoken to you once, <laughs> I've spoken to you twice. Like why? I know your ears work because when we left the hospital, they gave you a clean bill of health that your ears work and your eyes work too. So you can't tell me you're not hearing mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So I'm finding that I'm not yelling at them as much. I'm not as stressed over it because, you know, everything has yeah. slowed down. So for me, uh, the high would be is that I'm not feeling the same pressures of life. I'm not feeling the same stresses of life. Having been, what are we like, almost two months mm-hmm. into quarantine at this point so i'm not feeling that so i just want to say that's my high that is awesome my high for this week what's your high was going on a date with my hubby hi 
<laughs> to the store, folks. Okay, listen. When you get married, <laughs> when you get married and you have children, it is much more challenging to get yourself to go on a fashionable date, like the whole dinner movie sort of thing. But since we're in quarantine, just alone time together by ourselves, going out, whether it's to the grocery store or just driving around, <laughs> that is the greatest date ever. Okay, I got all dressed up and fancy. You know what? Like, you- yes, let's do this. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So lows. What, what are the was lows? our lows? Mm. I don't think I had a low. Honestly, I have thoroughly been enjoying quarantine, guys. I don't. I don't know about you, but I'm more of an introvert and. Staying home and not having to go anywhere or work or do anything. This has been like a dream come true. I need a vacation anyway. So this was like (laughs) the best vacation (laughs) I can possibly have. I am happy. I'm a happy camper. Well, I'm on the opposite spectrum. If you know anything about me, I like to travel. I like to run the streets. (laughs) Staying home. Just said run the streets. That's a no-no for me. That's yes. I like to run the streets, okay? <laughs> Initially, when it first started, I started itching like a crackhead. Yes, I did. Snap. And I, yes, three days into it, I literally had to open up the window and sit in front of the window so I can get some fresh air. <laughs> and like reminisce. Like a puppy dog. Because, <laughs> yes, and reminisce of the things I was able to do before I was told I couldn't. So for me, being under lockdown... My body doesn't mm-hmm. like it. I've put on some weight because it's I'm all right. Fine. It's all good. A lot. I bet you're still looking good, girl. <laughs> girl, girl. Thank you. I love you for that. But um, for me, it, it's been like you know, oh lord, what, what's <laughs> happening here? What's going on? Yeah. So for me, not being able to travel, I usually will travel anywhere from the minimum two to three times for the year. Even if it's a short trip, you know, I usually do that. So this year, no go. My birthday came and went. (laughs) Quarantine style. That's the way we do. (laughs) Mother's Day came and went. Quarantine style. So and this year, I actually had what? I think two and a half trips planned and you know, not going through with them because at the end of the day, you know, for one, there aren't too many places that's open. Two, gotta exhibit wisdom here. I'm not fearful of the virus, mm-hmm. not in the least bit, because I literally have been exposed to it every which way. And by God's grace, we have not been affected by it. I'm just grateful. Just even within the lows, I can see God's grace through all of this. That's awesome. That's so awesome. All right. And that is living life on the edge with Jesus. Until the next adventure. It's a wrap. <laughs>